a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Now, the reason why Luther says we daily exercise ourselves with the catechism, we daily read a page of the Bible, of the New Testament, or the Psalms, or some other piece of the Bible, is because by it we beat back the devil. (laughs) There's no talk of relationships there. There's none of this kind of lavender-scented piety at all. (laughs) It says, look, either you're going to be chewed up and pooped out by the devil, or you're going to read the Bible. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, uh, I mean, that's how it's not really romantic at all. Now, you always get the person that says uh, God is present everywhere. And, and yes. that, that is true. But true. Uh, the question is, is uh, God who is present everywhere there for your good? Now, that's a question that you have to answer according to Holy Scripture. So uh, do you have a promise that God is there for your good when you turn off the lights and close the door? No. No. We probably, you know, that's probably, if you want to get to Lutheranism... Oh! Uh, look, look, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> look what Pastor Wolfmiller just said. I repent. Wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> oh, it that's tore great. up my lips on the that's way out. <laughs> I'm bleeding. Great. I can't believe you put that in the bubble. Oh, does that... Oh. <laughs> We're just all about repentance here on this show. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to imagine that not that was a huge long bump. <laughs> I know. It's hard to imagine that not everybody would would be in love with the praise song cruncher, but I guess it's true. It is hard to imagine. So we thought we'd play it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Their contemporary worship out, outreach program, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is pretty effective so far. <laughs> Uh, that and Tink Man's The News is the, is the Table <laughs> Talk Radio the show. Table Talk Radio. Basically, we should start doing uh, evangelism seminars. Oh, oh, yes. oh yes. How to be, how to reach the missionalists or something. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching the, the, the missionalists the, the, the in mi- your community. Mission for the missionalists. <laughs> We don't want to leave anybody out, even the hard, even the hardest to reach. We are going to take up this plan of attack to reach the missionalists, and so, and it would basically be our our, our evangelism program would basically be like a roast. <laughs> you know, how they put someone in the chair and then they just stand there and make fun of them, and that and that sounds like a winner. That I mean, is right there. How could Table that Talk go Radio? Wrong? Right, I know. I mean. <laughs> So, put John Calvin in the chair, get after him for 20 minutes, put the Pope in the chair, just, you know, put the missionalist in the chair, put the praise song in the chair, put the, let's go, man, that's yeah, good strategy. That, I think so. I wonder how much we could charge for this. I think that's a good uh, Table Talk Radio idea. So, like, every week we'll just have, have a roast, we'll just roast somebody. A hypothetical. Somebody. Or you'll probably have to think about that. At Lumpy, I think Lumpy would be good on the roast circuit. <laughs> you know, I think we could we could roast Lumpy. We could you? I know. You know who would be also I think good at uh, 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 roasting is that guy Swirla. Remember that? He's hey, not gonna have yeah. anything to do here pretty soon. It's true. <laughs> Let's get let's get him uh, now, this, now that the true professional on that show has a job in radio <laughs> broadcasting. I know. Okay, well, uh, let's get to some buzzwords, and then we're going to read uh, an email, and then go to the praise song cruncher. So, Pastor, what's your? Where is it? I had that. I just had that 
praise song cruncher email up here. Okay, well, now I can't you, find it. Anymore. When you look for it, I'll 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 do my uh, buzzword then. Uh, my theological okay. buzzword for you is eisegesis, and there you uh, go. this means literally to put in. And uh, in in the theological context, we uh, talk about uh, putting one uh, one's interpretation into a text rather than um, uh, exegesis would be the opposite of that, drawing out, drawing a, a meaning out. So, uh, let's say you you're you're reading the Bible and you come across. Uh, uh, something like uh, Jesus saying, this is my body, this is my blood. And you say, aha, what this means is that Jesus is being symbolic. And we know that because he couldn't possibly be be uh, speaking literally here. <laughs> so you're putting your meaning into the text rather than drawing out from the text, which would go something like this. Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. And that means this is his body. And this is his blood. Don't so. get so complicated with me. <laughs> so eisegesis. There you go. Hey, my word is catechism. I Because, you know, number one, I love the catechism. I really do. And number two, I think when we say catechism, we mean a lot of different things. So it should be defined. I've been thinking about this quite a bit, in fact, lately, because normally, if, oh, so let's have a test. I, you say the first thing that comes to mind when I say a word. Ready? Ready. Catechism. CPH. Oh, dang. <laughs> Copyright law. Most of the time, people do think of uh, the, the, the big book that's published yeah. by CPH. used to be blue. used to be dark blue. Then it became a cheery light blue. And then it became kind of a dr- drab wine color. And, it's a, and it has the catechism and the explanation and the explanation to the explanation. So it's a triple, it's a triple layered book sort of thing. Now... This is the thing that when you look and read through Luther about what he means by the word catechism, it's not even the small catechism, like his stuff, you know, the commandments and the stuff he wrote, like the two-sentence explanations of each part. It's just the things themselves. So the Ten Commandments, the, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer as a summary of the entire Bible. So that when Luther talks about catechism, he, it's almost like he's talking about the Bible. And when he talks about the Bible, it's a catechism, that they're bound up to one another. And then he says, now, so Luther will say, he'll take each little part and he'll explain it. Like, first commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Now, that, what Luther is doing with those words is he's saying, look, guys, there's a lot more here to this first commandment than you think. I mean, it doesn't just mean that you just don't go into your backyard and set up an Asherah pole or go up on the hill outside of town and make a temple to Baal. It, in fact, means much more than that. We fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So that Luther, in his little explanation, is sending us off to understand that this, these three things, commandments, creed, and prayer, Lord's Prayer, are, the, are a compendium of the whole Bible. So, catechism, that's what we mean. Now this, this hey, um, Did you hear that? Yeah. Someone's talking to me on Facebook. Okay. Let me just check here and see. Hey, Rich. Now, uh, catechism uh, comes from a word that just means to instruct, doesn't it? Instruction. Uh, does that sound right uh, to you? Probably. I thought it means something like question and answer, something like that. Teaching through question and answer. Let's see. In fact, someone told me it had the word echo in it, which was a reason you echo back. There we go. Okay. Uh, now let's go to the email because I'm excited. <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, Mike writes, this is a post on my blog. You know the Worldwide Wolf Mueller, the humbly named? I don't ever ever do anything on there the other day, and I was cruising around the other day, and I saw someone wrote a comment. Mike wrote this. Wolf, 
And that's a technical word, by the way. He's <laughs> referring to my name, my nickname, Wolf the Mystic Hunter. Ah, yes. He's just shortened it. Wolf, I've listened to some of your praise song crunching sessions, and it seems to me you use a lot, all caps, of confirmation bias in your crunching, combined with quite a bit of subjectivity. Rather than objectively looking at songs, you tend to read your own views into the lyrics, often misreading lyrics or reading them out of context. Okay, so you, here's the corrective. We need to read them in context. Of the context, I suspect, of the rest of the lyrics, and also we could put them in the context of the rest of the praise songs. I've also looked at a list of songs you've crunched and find it fascinating. Not only is it evident that you don't know what songs are actually being used in churches, but you also check off your list without really even considering each aspect in the song. Consider each aspect in the song. Are you making a list here? Of the I am, actually. Is there nothing to be said about the Holy Spirit and his active participation in our lives of worship? Question mark. Back to that later, Mike. I'll keep reading this email. Obviously, you figured out that I disagree with the, quote, cruncher idea you've spread around, but I think the thing that bothers me most is your primary hypothesis. Oh, hold on. I got a Facebook message. Can you shut that off? Uh, the goal, uh, here's my primary hypothesis, or so it seems, says Mike. The goal of praise songs is to teach non-believers about God. Now, Mike, here's the problem. This is not my primary hypothesis, nor is it the hi primary hypothesis of the praise song cruncher. The primary hypothesis of the praise song cruncher is that this, praise music is mysticism. I think maybe at some point it used to be the, the praise song stuff, was to was to make the worship in the church accessible to the unbeliever. So that's a little bit closer to the primary hypothesis, but my primary hypothesis is that, in fact, no longer is that the purpose of the praise song. Mike continues, If that was the goal, then yes, there should be law and gospel, correct doctrine, and call me crazy, at least a mention of Jesus. However, if the goal was instead to praise God, praise in all caps, novel idea, then it seems that we don't have to give God the full picture of the gospel. He already knows it. Simply acknowledging he is our God, uh, he is God, is our sacrifice of praise, Hebrews thirteen fifteen. You getting this stuff? I am. I do think that there are some pretty terrible songs out there with false doctrine, ambiguous references to God, and various other faults. However, it seems to me that Paul's words to the Ephesians should serve as a pretty good guide, not necessarily the only guide, for our praise and worship. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Thank you, Mike, for the email. Okay. Um, or for the comment. Uh, my response is this. Mike, send me some songs to crunch. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we can speak to that before the break, and we can maybe say a few more things. That uh, we don't necessarily kind of handpick the songs that we crunch here on Table Talk Radio. We uh, always uh, use songs that have been submitted to us at questions at tabletalkradio.org. So we're relying upon the people uh, to send us songs that the they peeps. have seen um, in churches and, and things of this nature. So uh, we are now there are some that we exclude maybe for the purpose of radio production, but um, we don't usually pick ones that we've seen usually from, submitted to us by our listeners. More on that uh, on Table Talk Radio after this break. Don't go away. In the gym, you both kicked off your shoes. Man, I dig those rhythm and blues. I was a lonely teenage You're listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology.
Seriously bad hosts. I can't stop this feeling I've got. I know who I am and I know what I'm not. I know where I've been and I know what I've lost. But I can't stop this feeling I've got. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, right before we do some praise song crunching. Pastor, what else do you have to say to Mike here? I, uh, I'm working on this. Uh, Mike quotes or references Hebrews 13:15, which says, uh, and I'm reading now the English Standard Version anglicized. <laughs> Did you know you could get an anglicized version? No. It has it has all the extra U's in it. Ah. Save your and neighbor. <laughs> I mostly. Why am I reading the anglicized version? There was a reason I was doing it, uh, and it was had something to do with the Muslims and. Uh, and also IPA, India Pale Ale. Anyhow, I can't remember all the details. This says... <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you, did I tell you the story about why I started reading the anglicized ESV? No. I wish I would have told you, because I, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, the text says this. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips... That acknowledge his name. Got it? Yes. This is Jesus. So through Jesus, let us continue to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Now, how is it this? How, how is the praise song cruncher, which asks, is Jesus mentioned, being criticized by a verse that says, we offer the sacrifice <laughs> of praise by acknowledging the name of Jesus? In other words, the criticism of the praise song cruncher that Mike's offers here is that, look, you don't need law and gospel, correct doctrine, and all this stuff if you're talking to Jesus. Oh, better check that message. Because Jesus isn't, in, in fact, already knows the doctrine. Well, fine. Of course he does. But, that, but that's, uh, uh, that's not the point of the text here that says we acknowledge his name. And his name is everything else that has to do with him. Yeah, so. yeah. So, along with his name is the is what he has done. I, I look at this from Revelation chapter five. Um, uh, in fact, we're going to. Uh, this is going to be referenced. This text is going to be referenced in our uh, one of our praise songs today. But it. Uh, so he had taken the book and the four living creatures, the twenty four elders, fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls of full of incense, uh, which are the prayers of the saints. And it says they sang a new song, saying. Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for the, uh, for God and uh, with your blood, um, men from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, etc. So uh, this the, here the, this picture of um, of uh, the church before God uh, on the last day, and they're singing this new song. Uh, the song of 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 Christ being slain, and they're singing it to the one who has been slain. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. And, and throughout the Old Testament, what do they recount? They recount the primary redemptive act uh, for the people of Israel, which was the uh, leading of of uh, of of Israelites through bondage in Egypt. So they are, they're always recounting going through the Red Sea, uh, coming out to this. But now when we get to the New Testament, they're singing a new song. It's not because, boy, this song is 500 years old. Let's get a new one in here. It's it's new because now we have uh, the Son of God who comes uh, to, to be slain for the forgiveness of our sins. Um, and it's amazing that, that, that they sing this new song to the one it's about. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's And beautiful. And it's exactly how I mean. Yeah, here. 
So the point is, when 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 um, whenever the saints of old or new are are praising God, they do it by saying the thing that He has done, uh, mm-hmm. the redemptive act. Yep, they're right. Okay, so let's get to some praise songs. Okay, this one comes from David. Uh, he has some oh, uh, church signs and songs, me. and he says, uh, "So we'll hit the uh, the church signs uh, when we play it." But uh, for for the praise song, he says, "Well, I suffer through the uh, AG service. There must be Assemblies of God service." I fend away insanity by crunching the praise songs and examining everything for law and gospel. I recommend The Great I Am by New Life Worship and Say So by Israel for crunching. Your All listener right. from the Ozarks. Thank you, David. And uh, let's take the second one first. Oh, forgot to pull this up. Sorry. So the second say one is so. Say So. Yeah. And I have that right here. Here it is. What does it mean to be saved? Isn't it more than just a prayer to pray? More than just a way to hear God? What does it mean to be used? To be formed in His likeness? To know that we have a Oh, that the church will arise, oh, that we would see with Jesus' eyes, we would show the world... Jesus' eyes? Okay. I think I know what that's talking about. Okay. Keep going. Uh, we could show the world heaven, show what it means to be his, to be formed in his likeness, show them they have a purpose. And then the refrain continues. So um, uh, this is where we uh, ask some questions of the praise song, and you can uh, get, get this oh, list I think I know at tabletalkradio.org. Does this count as a praise tab. song? Uh, it was sent to us as a praise song. Uh, apparently, David in the Ozarks was at Assemblies of God service where he was crunching this. So, okay. It, yeah, this <laughs> is an excited song. I mean, these are people are. This is not. This is the first song that you sing, or the second, not the third or the fourth, in the praise song set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one that gets you going, gets, gets you charged, or or the send off. It could be the send off praise song. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Okay, so is Jesus mentioned? Uh, he, mm, he, is he? His eyes no. are his eyes are mentioned. Oh yeah, I Jesus eyes. That's right. There it is. There it is. <laughs> okay, Jesus eyes. I mean, I was thinking like angel eyes. If you say someone has angel eyes, that doesn't that mean they have nice eyes? Like, boy, you really have nice Jesus eyes. <laughs> Wait a minute. But it's not actually, in fact, talking about Jesus because it's talking about our eyes. Oh, how. Oh, that we would see with Jesus' eyes. I think it should be possessive. Jesus' eyes. So, like, Jesus looks at the world and he says, Boy, these are a lot of people that I love. So we should look at the world and say, Hey, these are a lot of people that Jesus loves. Yeah, either way, I I agree with you. It's not really talking about Jesus in that line. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I think it would be fair to say that, no, Jesus is not mentioned. We should... should, we should shake hands with Jesus' hands, <laughs> you know, or we should walk the world with Jesus' feet, right? I mean, or we should, 
We should think our thoughts with Jesus brains. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about mystical form? I mean, it's slightly repetitive. It's a little bit too fast to be mystical, though, man. I mean, if you're if this is a if you're being swept up by the spirit, he's putting you on a roller coaster in this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, do they have that uh, thing at the at the theme yeah. park where where you just stand there and it just shoots up? Oh yeah, I've seen that. That's what this is. Or just drops out from okay. under you. Either way. Ooh yeah yeah. Of course yeah. that that wouldn't quite good imagery. fit with the metaphor. Okay. Um, good sermon. <laughs> it's mystical content. Good illustration. Someone write that down. Where's the vicar? I got to tell him I got a good illustration. <laughs> How's vicarage going? Oh yeah, fine. You should ask me how vicarage supervisors going. Wow. By the way, that reminds me, I got to be out of town next week for a vicarage supervisor conference. We better do two shows today. Let the redeemed of the Lord rise up. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Shooting up instead of dropping down. Nicely done. Um, more than up. just a way to heaven. What does it mean to be his, to be formed in his likeness? That's an interesting thing. That's a Bible sort of thing, you know, image and likeness. Yeah. So what about mystical redemption content? sort of thing? I'm looking. Show what it means to be his, to be formed in his likeness. Show them they have a purpose. So the song is saying this. I'm trying to understand what the song is saying. Most oh message. I better check. Are you that message kidding me? Can, is, is it not possible to to record a show without Facebook up? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Is it to, is it possible to sleep on a bed without a bed? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Which quit distracting me here? I'm trying to uh, find yeah, mystical content. You. We could show the world heaven. What do you think that means? Oh, that the church will arise. Oh, that we would see with Jesus' eyes. We could show the world heaven. Hmm. Show what it means to be his, to be formed in his likeness. Show them that they have a purpose. I think, look at this. See, what does it mean to be saved? Isn't it more than just a prayer A prayer to pray? That's getting it. This song is getting against decision theology. More than just a way to heaven. And so it's this song is saying this. Hey, look, if you're a Christian, it's just more than accepting Jesus and coming down the altar and uh, and then saying, now I'm a Christian and I get to go to heaven. It's rather that we are a ref- we are shaped by God into um, really awesome Christians so that the world also sees heaven in our own lives. Ah, oh, I think you're right. I think you nailed this. I think that's what this song is saying. So it's saying, uh, it, this is like um, it's like a lordship theology sort of song. It's saying, hey, your decision for Christ is not enough. You, uh, you need to go you act like Christians. Gotta, yeah. yeah, go live it. Now, that's uh, not that mystical. That's moralistic. Right, right. So this song does not, in fact, have much mystical form. Okay, I mean, then, mystical content, necessarily. Then when we get back from this break, we'll have to uh, ask the law gospel question of this praise song. That'll be uh, rather interesting. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, where we do the praise song cruncher. If you have a praise song for us, send it to us. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back to continue this crunch and do one more. in at the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. I can't stop me. 
listening to Table Talk Radio and the Praise Song Cruncher. Oh, yeah, you are. Say So, and we have identified that this song is not so much mystic as it is moral, moralism. So, uh, Pastor, we have to ask this question of the Praise Song. Is uh, the law and gospel rightly divided, uh, distinguished without mixing it up? That is the law showing that uh, we are uh, but sinners, and the gospel showing God's love and mercy and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Well, there's the word redeemed. It says here, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Okay. And I think what that means is not everyone who's redeemed should go around saying so, so, (laughs) so, but rather (laughs) the redeemed of the Lord should say that they're the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. That's what it says. I'll just read this to you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Say so. <laughs> I'd say so. It's all about good and fucking <laughs> Say so? So is there say long gospel so. in this? There's a law. I mean, <laughs> this is... Uh, it's just, it's kind of perfect evangelicalism in this sense, in that it's, look, it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. Now you've got to be a totally awesome Christian. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting kind of sick of this thing where people will say, they'll say, you've got to tell people about Jesus. But then, you know, a preacher might say something like that from the pulpit. But he, there in the pulpit, where Jesus has put him to tell people about himself, he never manages to actually do it himself. So that's what this song is like. Hey, look, you can't just be a Christian and uh, and believe in Jesus. You got to go and be full of good works. This is where so, um, yeah. this is where Pietism inevitably leads, right? So when when Pietism is focusing on the outward acts. Oh, wait, wait. What's your what's your definition of Pietism? Um, that a growth in good works is more important than unity and doctrine. Ah, uh, yeah. So now, when when that's the uh, see see if if your emphasis is a unity and doctrine, your your purpose is to find out what that doctrine is and simply to confess it, to hold to it, to def- to defend it from from false teaching. But if your yes. emphasis is in in good works, that is something that uh, you start to separate others. So I have more good works than that person, and so this is where Pietism ends up that. Uh, oh, I'm a better Christian because I have more good works than you. And uh, it leads to, to to Phariseeism that I'm better than the guy next to me, or it leads to despair because oh, I wish I could I could be like um, like those guys. Yep. I'd okay. say so. Okay, so... We were reading a little bit of Luther this morning. You know that guy Luther? And he says, the law is the most necessary and dangerous thing. <laughs> oh. yeah. True. Luther. I think he was right. Because you've got to have the law. I mean, it's bad to not have the law. I mean, everyone gets their head busted open and things, and, and plus no neighbor gets loved. But then the the problem is, even if you manage to do a good work, then then that good work comes along and tempts you to pride. Mm-hmm. 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 Who will rescue us from this body of death? So we have to do this thing where someone says, hey, hey, uh, uh, I did this good work. And then we come along and say, well, Jesus forgave even that. <laughs> <laughs> Repent. That's great. Okay, and then explicit false teaching, I think we've already addressed. So okay. let's let's go on to the next song. This is the grade I am. Wait, wait. Everyone out there is wondering if it was crunched or not. Oh, is this crunched? Crunched. Okay. Here's the grade I am. 
is alive. Hey, that's a good line right there. I wanna hear voices of angels above singing as one. Hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, great I am, who is worthy, none beside thee, God getting somewhere <laughs> this is uh the great i am by uh, new life worship okay so is jesus mentioned let's see good question in, in name or concept i might add so not by name there's no name jesus here let's see god almighty that is jesus the great i am that also is jesus who is worthy you are worthy, O Lord. That's spoken of Jesus in the book of Revelation. Ah, yes, you did mention Revelation 5 would come into play, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, oh, this is an interesting thing here. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee at the mention of thy name. Yeah, it says King the of Majesty. The name is not mentioned. <laughs> you should mention the name if the demons are going to run. I mean, do you think the King of Majesty could be referring to the second person of the Trinity? Now let's yes the answer is if a song is a, says the word god it should be singing about jesus True. but the question here is jesus mentioned by name or concept is that is it is it clear that the person that we're singing to is jesus mm-hmm. and i do not think that it is clear i mean there's nothing specific about this song that would let us know that it is Jesus. But now look, we got well, according to that email, we have to do some things. We have to re- look at it in context, and uh, we have to look at all the parts of the song. Uh, Are we doing that? Ye- I think we've looked at all the parts of the song. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's see what's next. Oh, mystical uh, form first, first. Yes, yes. This is a fantastically mystical formish song. Because so, so just, it'll just have these lists of names for right. God. This, Alleluia, Holy, Holy, God Almighty, Great I Am. That's a sentence, by the way. <laughs> but if you take it as a sentence, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I think we failed to mention in this episode that. Uh, so the mystical form looks at uh, sentences for one. So it's it's easy to create an impression rather than make a statement when you just kind of use these sentence fragments. Mm-hmm. And then repetition mm-hmm. kind of draws you into. Uh, we used to, what do we used to call that? The um, hypnotic mantra. Hypnotic, but, hypnotic but mantra. We couldn't we couldn't say that anymore because a, a hypnotist uh, rebuked us. For <laughs> all our hip, hypnotist listeners, <laughs> hey, we haven't heard from Moose Jaw lately. Uh, yeah. Have we lost our Moose Jabian listeners? 
so so if you by the if you say the great I am and you use that as a sentence, it is false doctrine. But that's not how it be. Great I am. You get it? See, right. great I am. Like a kind of Dr. Seuss sentence, but no, that's not what it means. It's saying the Lord's name is the great I am. Mm -hmm. Got it? Mm -hmm. So it's not a sentence. Okay. There's a place where a sentence must be understood as a not sentence in order to not be false. I don't know if we run into that that many times. Hmm. Who is worthy? That's not a question, by the way. That's a statement. God is worthy. He is the one who is worthy. None beside thee. That is a sentence fragment. God Almighty, that's a name. Great I am, again. Uh, then, now, the most of the verses have sentences. I want to be close, close to your side, so heaven is real, and death is a lie. I like that. That's my favorite part, death is a lie. That, that's a nice little line. That is nice. I want to hear voices. That's what you were saying earlier. I wish I heard voices. Angels above singing as one. This is the pious wish to be in heaven, which is fine. Uh, and it is joining in this angelic choir, which we do even in the liturgy when we sing holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, etc. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about mystical content? Uh, ye yes. <laughs> I think we got that here. So we have uh, immediacy, uh, romance, loss of self, internal, and then also subjective. How come you make me answer these questions so I'm the meanie pants? You are the meanie pants. This nearness language. Now, look, we've got to be careful. I want to be close. I want to be near. Because, dear friends who are singing this song, God already is close and near. Um, and so there's a couple ways to know about that. Because, oh, let me check that message there. Because God uh, doesn't... Um, uh, You're doing that just to get at me, aren't you? That drives me nuts. I can't what tell you how annoying that is. This one's for you, by the way. Uh, good. Are we done? Uh, because this nearness, so God is near to you, but how do you know it? Do you know it by faith? Or do you know it by the inside of you God sensor thing? Feeling, yeah. I think it's by faith, because uh, faith trusts in the promise of God. So yes. I'm going to go with that. And then we're going to yeah. take a break and finish this crunch and play Tinkerman from the name. All right. felt like you were all alone in the world you were probably listening to table talk radio ten commandments because god loves us ten commandments and here they are one, don't fool one, yourself there's one, only one god ten commandments one, because god welcome back table talk radio i like how it says uh don't fool yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That's okay. Good. So now we're on the question. So I guess I'm, do you have anything I'm more to you, say? Sending you, by the way, a picture of a of a T-shirt I just designed. Thanks. Yeah. So now we're on. Did this, I tell <laughs> about this, this this email that I just got from our friend Fisk? Did I mention that? It said, "I'll call. I'll give you more information when I'm Mormon." The phone. <laughs> 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 That's a classic. 
Hey, Mormon the phone. <laughs> okay, so mystical content. We talked about um, this uh, <laughs> internal, I guess, was what we're talking about. The action of the song is uh, God oh, yeah. inside of me. Oh, no, yeah, we're talking about this nearness thing. So God is near to you, but how do you know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you know it? And uh, and this song, this praise song does a nice job with this. Is it says, look, you're going to know it because you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean... Do you have it there? I mean, just play a little bit. Just to, like give us a taste of it, See, and we can talk about it as it goes. So, is that this idea? I want to be close, close to your side, and and now when I draw close to you in the singing of this song, heaven becomes real to me. It's not real to me apart from this. Now, what we what we want to be able to do is come to the person who's having this. And say, look, heaven is real even if you don't feel it. You see what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, listen to this. This is this this idea of the song, precisely in the song, drawing drawing near to God. I mean, this is perfect uh, understanding of how the praise music is mysticism. I kind of like it when you talk with music in the background. Yeah. Let me, in the break, I can do this. I've been now to three praise songs, three three contemporary services lately. And I think to myself the whole time, these guys don't know what they're doing. (laughs) They need a real mystic up front. (laughs) Because if you don't have a real mystic, then it's just kind of, I mean, everyone just kind of leans back and forth and looks at each other. (laughs) We shouldn't tell them the secret, though. Do you, do you think they meant to say loving the world? It should be loving the word and hating the dark, right? What's the lyrics say? Hold on. Uh, I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world and hating the dark. That's got to be wrong. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, Let me yeah. Check that. Loving the word, I guess. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a missional world. It is? Loving so we're the loving the world? Yeah, yeah. Not loving oh. worldliness. We're loving those who are lost in the world. Oh, we love the world, but we hate the dark. Really? Are you sure? Uh, that's my guess. This is, I mean, this proves the point, right? The, the issue of clarity. If, if, okay, if, if, um, if you can't tell <laughs> what that praise song is trying to say, then it isn't very good. I think you just want people to think that you're popular. You're making this little dunk noise. You're hitting a little button. Dink, oh, dink, man. Hey, look how popular I am. Dink, dink. Uh, okay, so is this song crunched? Yeah, crunched. Let's do. What's next? All right, Ten Commandments in the news. and uh, Ten Commandments, because... <laughs> Here it is. Don't be fooled. <laughs> There's only one. Is this from Newsy? No, it's not. I, I went to Fox 50 News. 50 sources, <laughs> one story, Newsy. <laughs> I got so sick of you doing that that I went to, I went it to Fox work, News. It didn't work, did it? <laughs> Fox News, one source, one story, Foxy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Here it is. Well, doctors say a little Amish girl has an 85% chance of surviving a serious form of leukemia if she gets chemotherapy. But right now, there's a legal battle underway in Ohio over her treatment. Reports indicate the 10-year-old's parents have stopped her chemotherapy treatments because they were horrified by the side effects. Instead, they have now chosen to treat her with natural medicine and herbs and vitamins. A children's hospital in Akron has now sued to get a registered nurse to take over the child's medical care, but a judge has now blocked that. The hospital is now appealing that ruling. Doctors say they have found tumors in the girl's neck, 
her chest and her kidneys, and that without chemotherapy, she may die in a matter of months. Anahita oh, Setagatfar is a defense attorney. She joins me now. Before you can pull this child away from the parents, you have to show the parents are unfit, right? And it seems to me, everything you read about this, so far it's a very difficult case to prove. It is. It's a very difficult case all around because at the heart of this, Trace, what we have is really a 10-year-old girl whose life is on the line. And what we have really are two dueling interests. We have, on the one hand, parental rights, the rights of a parent to make decisions for their child. And then on the other hand, the rights of a hospital, the legal and ethical obligations of a hospital to care for a patient and to care for a child. And we know, we know that courts are very, very reluctant to yeah. intervene on parents' rights. You know why? Because they have explicitly recognized that parents have a constitutional right to make decisions right. for their children. Well, and even the girl, I mean, the girl told the judge, look, it, it makes me sick. The chemotherapy makes yeah. me ill. I just don't want it. I feel like my vital organs are going to be affected down the road. But the doctors are saying, you may die. I mean, your odds of dying are very good. So this is a very difficult decision for a judge to make. It's very difficult. I don't envy the task of this judge, and I don't envy the task of the appellate court here, because yes, you can kind of understand it from the parents' perspective. They've given chemo a shot. They clearly, by all accounts, have been doing everything they can in the best interest of their child. And they're saying this chemo is having devastating effects on our child. Yeah. She's complaining herself. But then on the other hand, you hear the hospital saying, look, she has an 85% chance of survival if we continue with the chemo, and if we discontinue it, she's likely going to die. So it's a very difficult decision, yeah. and the court really has to do a balancing test. And they, they use what we call strict scrutiny in these types of cases, which is the highest level of scrutiny in the law, because yeah. they're really reluctant, again, to interfere with the parent's constitutional rights to make decisions for a child. So it's really going to be a tough task for the parents. Well, we're wishing for the best for the girl, but Absolutely. clearly a very difficult decision. Very Anahita tough. Sedgatfar, thank you. Thank you. All right. What is her name? Asina Farah Godfar? <laughs> I missed it. Sorry. <laughs> That's a weird name. Now, I mean, I, I'm sure it's beautiful. I you said this at the is, right. I mean, but if you say it fast, I, I Asina think that, Farah Godfar. Can I move on? <laughs> can you get over her name so we can talk about the story? <laughs> Just trying to catch the details. <laughs> I don't want to miss any of the context. I don't want to be an isogeet. <laughs> I'll give you three points for that. Sweet, because you got none. Uh huh. Okay, so I think this is pretty interesting, um, especially as we talk about uh, the role of vocation. So um, the parents have the vocation to be parents to the child. Um, the doctors have um, a vocation to care for patients. So uh, how, how do you how do you take this, Pastor? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what what I didn't quite. I mean, it seemed to me like it went back and forth. Like at first they were going to say they're not going to get treatment because they're Amish, but then it would say, well, they tried treatment and then it was too damaging. Right. To I, I think that the the fact that they're Amish is irrelevant to the story. Okay, so it's just parents, and the girl has um, leukemia. Mm -hmm. And the treatment is so difficult for her that they're saying, no, we don't want the treatment. We'd rather have the quality of life for whatever it is, and maybe she'll live. Because what are the I, I missed all the odds. What are the odds that she'll live if she gets treatment and if she doesn't? 85%. That she'll live. And what are the odds if she doesn't get it? Uh, who knows? No no percent. Not, not looking good. Okay. Now, the, yeah. they did say they're trying uh, natural and herbal sources, but those... Haven't, uh, to my knowledge, um, yielded a, a lot of good results. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there, there there are people who say that they do, but right, um, you know, it so. is as as the as the as the medical technology advances, things treatments become more extreme, and um, 
I mean, we, there's a, a family close by that's going through this same sort of thing with a child of theirs, and it's, it's excruciating to mm-hmm. see the, the trauma that it brings upon the children. Right. And I've had it on the other side where, you know, uh, members of the church, they'll, they'll get cancer, and they'll say, you know, this is, this is for me, uh, been a good life, and now uh, I'm going to die, like I knew I would in the first place. And it looks like it's the cancer that'll get me, and they don't take treatment for it. Um, isn't isn't that I mean I don't I don't know that this is necessarily right but usually the factor there is an age right, right. so I mean the fact that this is a ten year old girl uh, so we, we we don't want her to take that take that position yeah, that's right that comes into play there as well yeah I mean this is a tragedy it's a I mean you're right this is a question of vocation and uh, and I guess a question this. This, um, as the as the um, estate of the family and the estate of the state bump up against each other in care for children. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be, this would be the good one to have Graf on to talk about too, because he's thought through a bunch of these sorts of things as well. So, yeah, I mean, I I tend to think that we want to side with the parents whenever possible, and, mm-hmm. and again, it doesn't sound like the 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 parents are. Um, unfit, as the as the reporter said, uh, they mm-hmm. simply d- don't don't want to put their daughter through this because the daughter herself doesn't want to go through this. Right, that's so. right. And it's not that they're mar- uh, murdering the the child; it is the disease that right. apparently the Lord has decided that it's that this is a, a fit for them to have this sort of cross laid upon them, and right. that's not what the parents decided. So. Right. So, th- uh, in thirty seconds, ten commandments. Yes, so you have the fifth commandment, which has to do with life and the protection of God's gift of life. The fourth commandment, which has to do with the estate of family and the estate of the state. You have the eighth commandment, where the courts are involved. Um, Let's see. Children come from the sixth commandment. (laughs) Nice. Um, And I guess there is this idea of the ninth and tenth commandments. In other words, are we content with what the Lord hands us in this life, or are we not? Okay. Any others? I think that covers it. And, of course, anytime you have any of them, you get the first commandment. <laughs> I was so. going to say, anything from the first table? Okay, very good. Oh, well, the Amish are mentioned. That's going to be a third commandment. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right. If you want to uh, give us a call, the number is 1-800-385-SOLA, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like your attempt to reach this family for comment. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.